Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Give me the name of quarterback we're not talking about enough, Peter. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I spent the day around the Saints and maybe Derek Carr, we'll see. Well, Carr definitely has a chip on his shoulder. I mean, maybe the largest shoulder chip there is in the NFL. Today's guests, senior writer for the MMQB. Albert Breer, NBC Sports fantasy football expert, Matthew Berry, comedian, Dan Sauter, plus your phone calls, latest news, and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Great first hour. I gave you my top five performances of preseason week number two. We discussed the Jonathan Taylor situation as we say in the uh, news uh, sports news media business um and then uh and then james harden getting fined 100 grand for saying out loud what we all know he doesn't want to play for the sixes anymore so um hour number two uh matthew berry is going to join us right in the middle uh talking fantasy football hour number three dan soder uh, the actor, diehard 49er fan. We're going to chop it up with him when he stopped by in studio. The comedian, he's going to tell us his tour dates. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Uh, Brockman, uh, TJ, and uh, MDT, you guys are all, you, you do remember um, Schoolhouse Rock, right? You remember oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just a bill. You know, I'm just a bill. Conjunction, conjunction, conjunction. conjunction. What's but your function? One of, Wally's, you know, one of the, uh, you know, uh, one of the grammar rock hits that does, doesn't usually get mentioned do you remember interjection? Oh, you know? interjection. Interjection. Yes. You remember that and one? The crowd starting to uh, You know, like exclamation points. You know, exclamation points about how things yep. change. Mm-hmm. Like, say, like, we're not going to trade somebody now or in October. Mm. If you just text that to somebody, that's one thing. But when you add the interjection at the end, huh, you mean business. <laughs> we're not going to trade Jonathan Taylor now or in October. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a difference. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, Emphatic. Wow. That interjection got uh, changed to a, uh, a query, a question, an open question. And the man who got that interjection texted to him, how to get him on the phone. When Jonathan Taylor has now been shown the door to go seek a trade. Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated back on the Rich Eisen Show. How's that for an introduction, Albert? How about that? Yeah. Hear me, Rich? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can, I can. I just had to walk outside the media room, okay. so I'm all good. I'm okay. All good. So, uh, what happened to the exclamation point? What happened to that exclamation <laughs> point that you got texted? I think it's a question. Well, I, as, as you had said to me, I think it was a question mark mm-hmm. right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it was a typo. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, this um, this situation hasn't gotten better. That's for sure. And I and I don't know that um, the back and forth back then. What was that three weeks ago? Helped much. Um, and you do wonder if it's the point of no return now. And, you know, the trouble is, Rich, I, you know, I, I know that the Colts are resolute that they're not going to give him away. So, you know, then the question becomes like, what if he goes out and finds a team that's willing to give him what he wants monetarily. Right. And say that's I don't know, 12, 13, $14 million a year. And then that team is not willing to go to where the Colts want them to go 
from a compensation standpoint, wouldn't that make the situation worse? Oh, yeah. Because now Jonathan Taylor isn't guessing anymore that they're keeping him from getting paid, that they're keeping him from getting paid. Now that now he knows, right? So that's what's complicated about this whole thing. Now it's like this could bring it to a conclusion, uh, one way or the other. You know, it could be that Jonathan Taylor finds that you know what he wants isn't out there for him, um, or it could lead to a trade. Um, you know, but there's this in between thing where. You know, I certainly think having talked to, you know, a whole bunch of teams last night, overnight, I, I polled, I think, uh, you know, a 10, 11 executives um, last night on what his trade value would be. And, um, you know, I can just tell you, like, when you add the fact that you have to give him a new contract to it, um, I'm not sure the trade value is quite what the Colts would accept at this point. Now, maybe that'll change, but... Um, but yeah, this is definitely in a very, very awkward spot. I kind of feel like we're 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 getting bookends to our non-playing season, uh, Albert. This 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 rings similar to uh, Lamar Jackson. Do we want Lamar? Sure. Yeah. How much is it going to cost? And two ones? I don't know. Like that's the way it appears. That you know, obviously Jonathan Taylor's not a free agent technically, although he has been given the opportunity to seek a trade like he is a free agent knocking on anybody's doors legally Mm -hmm. um but the question is is compensation and compensation for the colts so let's take this one step at a time why why won't the colts pay jonathan taylor um something um or have they offered and that's been part of the impasse as well that jonathan taylor only wants a a contract similar to what he might get on the open market. Uh, what do you think, Albert? I mean, to this point, they haven't, uh, as far as I know, um, and and maybe things changed in the last few days. As far as I know, there hasn't been like a substantial offer made. Um, now, again, that might have changed in the last few days, and maybe that's what prompted this. But um, it sounds to me like the Colts were resolute on saying we're waiting until next year. Um, and part of that, of course, is, you know, the, 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 the way this has gone over the last month where, you know, he's coming off of ankle surgery to begin with. He, um, now the question whether or not he had a back injury is, you know, obviously one that's been disputed. Um, but you know, like whether that's a question or not, that, that's out there and that's something else that you throw another log on the fire. And, um, you know, I think at this point, like, it's just, it's the, the Colts would feel more comfortable going through the year with him. And, and Jonathan Taylor knows, I mean, like, look, like if you're Jonathan Taylor and you have all that mileage on your legs and think about the amount of carries that he had over his first five years, then he gets hurt in year six, right? So his first three years at Wisconsin, three years at Wisconsin, his first two years at the pros, how much he carried the ball. He stayed healthy. He was consistent, reliable, all that. Finally gets hurt in that, that, that sixth year of college and pro, Right. And, you know, now, like, he is probably looking around and saying, well, Saquon Barkley was patient, Josh Jacobs was patient, and it didn't really work out for those two. So why should I be patient, you know? Um, things, you know, I, I'm certainly, I'm, I'm, I'm sure part of it for him is the concern that if he gets hurt again, it's really going to damage his value. And that, by the way, doubles is the reason why maybe the Colts would be hesitant. And that's what makes this thing a little bit, I would say, uh, tough for both for both sides and can you give me an indication is it Jim Ursay saying no and Ballard playing shuttle diplomacy to make this work or is Ballard you know truly saying we're not paying you any more money 
uh, or did they put anything on the table? Like, I'm trying to suss out why we have reached this point, Albert. Well, they've been, they've been pretty clear um, in, that, in, in, in saying that, you know, we're willing to talk about a contract after this year and not before the year. Um, you know, I, I, and I, I think if you look at their history, they have taken care of a lot of the guys that Ballard's drafted there, right? Like, so um, you know, they made Quentin Nelson wait until after his fourth year, but they paid him at the top of the market. Darius Leonard got paid after his third year. So, like, they've paid guys that they've drafted there after three years, and then there have been other guys where they've let it run out, like guys that they really like. Bobby Okariki is a good example of it, a guy who was a really good player for them for four years, and now he's on the Giants, you know, because they, they, they decided we're going to let this play out. and We can't invest any more in that position, and so we're, you know, we'd be happy to keep him, but um, we're going to let, we're, we're, we're going to see where this goes after a fourth year and, and you see what happened there. So, um, so yeah, Rich, I mean, I like any, the indications I've gotten are that at this point, at least um, the Colts have been in lockstep on, on waiting until after mm. year four. And I, 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 I will like, I, I will, you know, plead ignorance. I'm, I'm not quite sure whether or not, um, you know, Chris has any sort of issue with his owner's public stance on that. Mm-hmm. Possible he does. I just haven't heard that. Well, I would just imagine, you know, Anthony Richardson's been drafted. Um, Steichen's been yeah. hired. Like, let's roll. Like, let's see what this can happen. Like, when you drafted and Anthony Richardson on the night I mean, in Kansas City, you're sitting here thinking, all right, him, Jonathan Taylor, and our new coach that just did what he did with Jalen Hurts, let's go. Like, that's it. Let's roll. And, uh, that's, and that's what I think so hard about it. Like, to me, it's you know, you look at the position Shane Steichen's been put in. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he's trying to establish a culture and uh, build a program and all those different things. And um, now, like, the owners at Loggerheads with yeah. um, with maybe the most one of the most respected guys in the locker room, one of the best players in the team, you know, it's hard, you know, when you're trying to set standards and say – like this is what we'll reward, and then you've got this guy over here. And I was at their practice today, and he's standing with a hoodie pulled up over his head, and like just looks like uncomfortable being there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just it's really hard when you know like players look over again at like one of the most respected guys in the locker room and see that. And then like you said, like what better friend would there be for a young quarterback than having Jonathan Taylor next yeah. to you? I mean, we saw what having Todd Gurley did for Jared Goff. In LA, we saw what having Zeke Elliott at the peak of his powers did for um, did for Dak Prescott in Dallas when they came in together. Um, you know, even like Ryan Tannehill, who's a veteran, but having Derrick Henry next to him did a lot to help resuscitate Ryan Tannehill's career in Tennessee. Um, you can talk all you want; you can talk till you're blue in the face about running back value and the risk and paying guys and everything else. If you're paying twelve or thirteen million dollars to put a premier player right next to your quarterback that's going to help you take the burden off of that quarterback and help you develop that quarterback. I think it's an investment well made, but, you know, obviously there are some people that disagree with that. Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. Do we know, like, we're just sitting here assuming what Jonathan Taylor is going to want. He's going to want McCaffrey money. Certainly if the Colts want McCaffrey capital in terms of draft picks back, um, and, and if a team does that, you know, they, they, they're going to want more than just one year of certainty. You can't just do what I guess Dalvin just did with yeah. the Jets and vice versa. They're going to, so man, there's a lot of moving parts here. How's this going to work and, and who might be interested well, best on your yeah, reporting? So, well, the Colts, um, you know, the Colts have said, um, 
that they want the equivalent of a first-round pick. Now, it doesn't have to be a one. You know, it can be a mix of players and picks. Um, it was interesting because, again, I fired off at the airport last night, and I fired off a bunch of texts and said to uh, pose the question to a bunch of, um, you know, GMs, assistant GMs, vice presidents, player personnel, and I asked them the question, like, what would it, if you were giving Jonathan Taylor a contract, what would you pay in a draft pick on top of that to complete a trade? And um, the answer I got back was almost uniform across the board, which was somewhere in the day two range, second or third rounder, maybe a third package with something else. Like almost all the responses I got back were right in that range, which right now is less than the Colts are willing to take. But, you know, if somebody comes with like a two and a five or two and a four, maybe the Colts do it. I don't know. I mean, I think you could look at that and say, if you're the Colts, well, we're getting back the draft pick that we gave to, 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 to take them in 2020. Again, I don't think that's great value um, based on what he means to your team. But if they're just looking to get out of the situation, then maybe, you know, you, you, you can feel okay about that. And as far as teams that would be interested, you know, the two that really stick out to me, like one would be Miami, just because of how aggressive they've been with Mike McDaniel as their coach the last couple of years. Um, they were, I mean, on the doorstep of completing a trade for Dalvin Cook back in March. I think we've talked about this. They backed out at the last minute. There were a few things that gave them cold feet. Um, they drafted a kid, Devin A. Chain, from Texas A&M to sort of be like the big play guy in their backfield, and now he's hurt. So, you know, I think the Dolphins have cap space. They have draft picks. They, mm-hmm. they could do it, you know. So the Dolphins would be one. Um, and imagine Jonathan Taylor and Mike McDaniels running game. Um, and then you know, the other one that's sort of interesting is the Bears. Um, Matt Eberflus was with Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis. Yep. The general manager in Chicago, Ryan Poles, worked with Chris Ballard for years in Kansas City. They're very close. And if you look at the way that they played offense last year, they got to cut down on the amount they're putting on Justin Fields in the running game. They just have to, you know. And what better way to do that than bring in a top five running back, you know? So, and the Bears have all that draft pick um, capital now from the trade back in, um, you know, back in back in March when they traded out of the number one pick. So those would be the two teams that I would just sort of keep an eye on, and I think would be interesting at least. Um, and again, like I think, you know, for Jonathan Taylor, it would be pretty good fit. Wouldn't it be ironic, Albert, then, uh, or coincidental? I don't know. Um, that uh, the Bears use the capital that they got from Carolina that they got in the McCaffrey trade for Taylor to the team that's looking for McCaffrey value. And, you know, I mean, like that would be wild. And obviously Miami being able to say, all right, New England, you got Zeke, and all right, Jets, you got Dalvin, and all right, Buffalo, we're, uh, we're coming for you too. We got Jonathan Taylor. Um, but the question is, is are they like, what is Taylor asking monetarily? We know uh, around what the Colts might be willing to accept to, as you pointed out, get out of this. What do you know about what Jonathan Taylor is potentially asking for, Albert? I don't get the sense that it's like crazy off the board, like, you know, what Le'Veon Bell was hoping for, you know, all those years ago. Um, but I think you have to pay on the market deal, right? Like, so um, look at what Alvin Kamara got. Look at what um, Dalvin Cook got. Um, you know, Zeke Elliott and, and Christian McCaffrey, I think, are two, probably the two guys that were the outliers. Um, and they were, I think, at about $16 million per. 
Um, and in both cases, those guys wound up getting hurt, you know, and, um, you know, I, I think you, you look at how that played out and, you know, the Panthers, I think probably have some regret over doing it, um, doing what they did as good a player as McCaffrey is and, and the Cowboys too with Zeke. So, uh, you know, I, I, I do think it like in this situation, my guess would be he would settle for something maybe a little less than what Zeke or Christian got, but certainly, um, maybe a notch above what your Nick Chubbs, your Derrick Henrys, your, um, you know, your, 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 uh, Dalvin Cooks and your Alvin Kamara's got. So in that 13, 14 million dollar range, I think you'd have a hard time walking away from that. Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen show. You know, I know you just mentioned before too that, you know, the Colts have opened up the door for this to be hitting the point of no return if, Jonathan Taylor finds the team willing to pay him what he feels he's worth and the Colts won't pull the trigger because they feel the compensation they're going to get back for Taylor isn't what Taylor is worth. And I'm like thinking that horse has already left the barn because Taylor is like, all right, you won't pay me what I think I'm worth, but on the trade market, you'll value me what I think I'm worth. And you know, and, and, and I think it's ugly that I think it's there, though. I mean, uglier, I guess. It's already ugly. right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, that's what uglier. I'm saying. I think it. I think it is there because he's like, pay me like the top talent. You know, I am and I know I am and we know collectively I am. And now it's time for after they say no and they're like, go seek a trade. And then we hear what they're eager to get back for him that is what you would value somebody that's paid a certain way and they won't pay him that and I think the fact that he's standing there too and again I understand you know the Colts have their their ways or standards or whatever but it it, you got a new coach and you got a new quarterback don't you think it is worth the money just for that alone, like, all right, I, you know, I understand you have the leverage and you don't have to pay him and you do want to wait for the ultimate leverage of the franchise tag next year, and that's the way it's normally done. But it's right. rubbers meeting the road with your new coach and your new quarterback. Having Jonathan Taylor out there with his infectious I mean, personality rather than standing, that photograph you took today is so jarring. Um, you know, don't you think, like, it's time to do that and maybe, just maybe – the Colts will come to that reckoning in the next week, or that's yeah, it. Yeah, and I, I think what's smart about doing a deal now is now it's just me, right? But you know, I, I understand people don't teams don't want to pay for past performance, right? But but the guy has definitely outperformed what you paid him, no question, right? No one would argue that. And like, if you do a deal now rather than a year from now, you actually might be mitigating some of the risk because you know how these deals work. It's the first two or three years, first two or a portion of the third, whatever it is, mm-hmm. is guaranteed that you can get out of it. Well, if you do a deal now, yes, you're paying him some money up front that you wouldn't have otherwise, but then you're also on the back end probably going to be out of the guarantees earlier. So if it is your intention to sign him long-term after this year, then you know I think you're actually you're running more risk that age is going to catch up to him and it's going to look, and it's going to look like a bad deal three or four years down the line. And if you did it now, because you have an ability to escape from the deal earlier. So I, again, like I, I, I just, I, I think the, to, to me, it's like, I, I look at like what the Browns did, right. And the Browns to me, and I'm not saying the Browns are the model franchise, but I, I know I brought this up to you before, 
Rick, they're the most analytically driven franchise in the league, probably, right? Like mm-hmm. what Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski do, Paul DePodesta, all that. So, like, they on paper would be the team that would be least likely to pay a running back. Do you know what they did, though? They paid a running back. And why did they pay a running back? Because Nick Chubb was just that important to who they are and was just that important to what they do and was just that big a part of their identity. I think Jonathan Taylor is that guy for the Colts. You know, so I, you know, I, I look at it and it's like, if there's an exception to be made, I think this is a guy who is worth making the exception for, even to the point where if he came back to me and I, he said, okay, the Dolphins are willing to give me a $14 million a year deal, but I, but, but, but they're not going to meet your draft pick compensation. You know what I would say? I would say, well, maybe we'll do the deal that they offered you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then they've negotiated an extension for you. Again, I don't know that the Colts would even consider that based on how ugly this has gotten, but it would seem to be one way out of it where you're keeping a very, very important player on your team. And, you know, Shane Steichen in year one is showing that he's going to reward people who do things the right way, which is exactly how Taylor handled his first three years in the league and everything up until his contract is due. Well, then again, I, I hope this isn't like the Lamar Jackson uh, part two in the fact that teams might not want to do that for fear of negotiating of negotiating the deal for the him, deal yeah. for a team. The, you know, and and the the you know you just laid it out um, that other teams might be like, yeah, there, there's no reason for us to offer a contract, so Chris Ballard just matches it, and we just unzipped our you know what three weeks before the beginning of the season. You know, I it's. Unbelievable. Albert, thanks for joining us um, in the middle of the day, watching this all play out in front of you. Greatly appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, so it was definitely a weird one. I can't remember the last time I uh, had a guy with a trade request who wasn't practicing, who was standing there five feet away. But I guess every day is a new day. So I guess in, so. in, in the last couple seconds I have here, he, he's – He's physically unwilling to perform, and the Colts have him on physically unable to perform because they're not going to NFI him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, I like that's what's re- happening, right? He's redefining the PUP list. Right. Yeah. That, okay. Thank you, Albert. Greatly appreciate it. Thank All you. Right. That's right, Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated. Follow him at Albert Breer. Must follow. <laughs> Love chatting with him. That's the latest. Man, oh, man. In reality football. When we come back, fantasy football. Ooh. Matthew Berry himself yeah. next on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. 
O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Are you still playing fantasy football? You still doing that? Um, I, I not really. No, I, 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 I'm in a league, but I don't, I don't control it. Well, my buddies controls it for me. Well, because I know we've had conversations about this before, and that there are some interesting, um, uh, I guess, tasks that the loser of this league must undertake. So, are you, if you lose, even though you're not part of the day to day? Oh yeah, they'll, they'll hold me to it. Absolutely. I don't, I don't even know if I could tell you who's on my team right now, but. Um, if I were to lose, they would they would absolutely hold me to it, and uh, we, we'd have to go take care of business. What are some of the um, fails that I guess that you have? To do? What are some of the, the responsibilities of the losers of your league? What is uh, last year the loser uh, had to go to Alaska for a day? What do you mean, like for a day? <laughs> for a day? Yeah. Okay. They went to a place called Nome, Alaska. Actually, where the Iditarod it, it goes through there, I think. Yeah. So, so the Lutheran flood race, regardless of the geographic spot in the United States, would have to for a day get on a plane and and prove per, proof of purchase of the ticket and then take a photo. Like, how do you? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there was tasks involved. It was. I think he went in, in March. Um, Okay, but it was it, it was yeah it was a whole thing and that was just one year that was just last year this year it'll be entirely different. What other previous uh, years? Any other examples? Because that's amazing. You have to go to Nome, Alaska. The year before the loser, you know, uh, Barstool Sports does the rough and rowdy, the boxing deal. We fought in that <laughs> at the Super Bowl. The year we were there, he, he was he was fighting in the in the in the boxing on Friday night uh, before the game there. Oh my gosh! Yeah. This is—you do not want to lose your fantasy league. Jeff. No, you don't. No, that's why I, I try to—I try to put a lot of faith in, in, in my buddy that's running yeah. the That's Jared Goff during the old pandemic in the history of our show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desks, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Very rare. Uh, that we have somebody on this program um, who occupies the noon Eastern time slot on Peacock because that's our old time slot. Mm. But we make an exception for this man because <laughs> he's an outstanding individual on planet Earth. One of our favorites, talking fantasy football with a man who hosts the fantasy football happy hour weekdays at noon on Peacock. And every single NFL Sunday is the host of fantasy Football pregame with Matthew Berry at 11 a.m. Eastern time on Peacock. None other than Matthew Berry. How are you, sir? How you been? I'm good. I'm good. I'm hoping I'm doing the time slot proud, my friend. You you are. You are. You know, like we, we have started a tradition together, you and I, for the yeah. for Peacock. You know, 
I I, uh, I appreciate you coming on. How have you been? You good? I've been good. That's Life's good. great, man. Well, you know, we're we're in the thick of it. Um, we're in the thick of it, indeed. Yes. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, how do you? Uh, let's just jump into it because the running back market is just uh, uh, a fantasy football conundrum, to say the least. Yeah. Um, how do you view Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott in a fantasy draft, Matthew? You know, I like both of them. I think both of their upsides are limited, obviously, because of Brees Hall for Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott with Ramondre Stevenson. So let's take let's take Dalvin Cook first. So I have Dalvin Cook at running back 26. So I'm as a mid-tier flex. And I think a good thing to look at is sort of go back to 2021 when Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback of the Packers and Nathaniel Hackett was his coordinator, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the last time we saw those two together. And in that year... Aaron Jones for the Packers averaged about 17, 18 touches a game, and A.J. Dillon averaged like 11 to 13. And even though obviously Jones and Dillon are very different types of running back than Cook and Hall, I think that's right. I think in terms of usage, that's a pretty good barometer for us because Hall is so explosive, and maybe Cook has lost a step, but still very effective. The reason he's not in Minnesota is entirely financial. It's not about the effectiveness of his play. There's a reason why Aaron Rodgers, you know, gave up some money from his uh, from his contract, restructured his deal. He's like, you know, hey, I'm not giving money back to the Jets. Like, get me some guys in here. And look, Michael Carter's and you know, Bam Knight, they're nice players, but they're not Dalvin Cook. And so, I think it makes sense to take some pressure off of, of Rodgers. This is an all-in year, obviously, for the Jets. Mm. So, I think I think you will see. Look, it's going to be a good team. They're going to be in scoring position often. So that's my expectation is, is that I have Brees Hall as kind of a mid-tier RB2. I'm at 16 overall, and then I have uh, Dalvin Cook at 26. And, is so. he, and Ezekiel, you know, we have no idea. Or I'm just assuming Bill's going to use him as that inside the 10 battering ram or somebody who's going to be a, an outstanding uh, four-minute offense guy, but so is Ramondre, right? I mean, it's, uh, it, uh, it's your guess as good as mine what happens inside the 10 for the Patriots, right? Don't you think? But my expectation is you'll see a lot of Ezekiel Elliott, who's still a, who is still very effective in short yards, still very effective at the goal line. Um, last year, in terms of uh, among all the running backs that uh, got the 25 most goal to carry, carry goal to go carries, carry and carries inside the five yard line as well. Among running backs with carries inside the five yard line last year, Ezekiel Elliott was fourth in the NFL in terms of touchdown success rate. Ramondre Stevenson was like 23rd. So, again, very effective short yardage back. But that's the role that Damian Harris had last year for the Patriots. And even with Damian Harris taking some of those touches away, Ramondre Stevenson was still a borderline, still, you know, a top 10 fantasy running back. I think, uh, I think as it relates to Ramondre Stevenson, to me this is actually the best-case scenario for Ramondre Stevenson's fantasy value in this sense. The Patriots weren't going into the season with just, like, Pierre Strong and – they were always going to sign a veteran. And I think Ezekiel, who hasn't been used in the passing game that much at this stage of his career, that's a better sign for Ramondre Stevenson than Leonard Fournette, who they also had for a tryout, right? Stevenson's going to get all the passing down work and some of the touchdowns. Ezekiel is going to get the short yarded stuff. He's going to get uh, some touchdown. Uh, I have Ramondre Stevenson running back 15. I have Zeke at 40. So, look, I, it, it, in a scenario where Stevenson might get hurt, all of a sudden – Zeke is a top 20 running back, but feels like he's not really going to, Zeke is not going to get that much passing down work. 
and that Ramondre Stevens is still going to get the majority of uh, the running back touches in New England. So for Ramondre, I think it limits his upside. Zeke being there and taking touchdowns means that Ramondre is not going to be a top five fantasy running back. But his floor is still safe because the passing game work is going to go to Ramondre Stevens. Are you in the middle of a draft right now, Matthew? Are you? I'm not. Okay. I I am not. Just want to make I'm sure. I'm a crazy podcast run. I'm doing. I'm. I I think I have not including my own show. I have mm-hmm. like five different interviews yeah. slash podcasts that I'm doing today. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I just want to make sure that you know where you know that that you're not uh, you know every, every now and then in the middle of your answer like sneaking a peek if you're on the clock or <laughs> or answering a text from somebody saying I'm on the clock help me out. I mean your phone must be buzzing like crazy this time of year. The phone does certainly blow up, and yeah. I am actually in a slow draft, so there is a chance. Mm. But um, I blocked it out. No, no, Rich. Okay. My, my attention is fully on no, no. Rich and the Rich Eisen oh, show. I'm not. I'm not saying your attention is split here. Uh, I'm just. You're a multitasker of multitaskers, Matthew. That's for sure. But I'm just wondering if you're in a draft right now. So uh, you know, right now, uh, if somebody is going to be in a draft tonight, tomorrow, end of this week, and Jonathan Taylor is definitely going to be sitting there at the end of a first round. Let's say you you've got an eighth. Yeah overall ninth overall 10th overall pick people are going to be staying away from jonathan taylor but he's just going to be staring at you how do you view him right now with everything that's going on i'm nervous i'm you know i'm nervous and just i get bad vibes and it sort of depends on what kind of fantasy player you are and what kind of um and how much this is let me put it this way mm. if you're in like a bunch of different leagues and this league is a work league and you're like yeah sort of why not then sure the upside of jonathan taylor is enormous but if you're like in one league, if you're in, you know, you're in the league that we open the segment with, like Jared Goff, you're like, hey, if I lose this league, I'm on a bus to Nome, Alaska, or whatever it is, <laughs> right? And you need, like, I cannot screw this up. Like, there's just too much bad vibes around Jonathan Taylor. They've said, you know, he can seek a trade. We'll see if he's successful in that. He still, we still don't know if he can run. We just have no idea, Rich. Like, you know, the guy hasn't been hasn't been out there playing, and, and I, I don't want to accuse anyone of anything, but I don't know how serious this injury is. I don't know if he's just – there's clearly bad blood. You know, it, things have deteriorated, the relationship between the Colts and Jonathan Taylor. So, mm-hmm. like, if I'm Jonathan Taylor, you're, like, you're not like, hey, let me, let me rush my rehab and get right out there, right? I mean, he's made it pretty clear he doesn't want to play for the Colts this year. He doesn't – you know, so we'll see how it all plays out, but it's – it certainly makes you nervous. So uh, I certainly am not using a first-round pick on him. Into the second, third round, mm. like that's when you start thinking about it. Like when you start getting into the Najee Harris range, like you're definitely taking Jonathan Taylor. But he, he makes me nervous. I, like he's a phenomenally talented player, but I just the health is the biggest question to me. Is like, could you see a scenario, Rich? And I'm asking you. You know that. I mean, you cover the NFL as long and as well as anyone. Thank you. Could you see a scenario where he doesn't find a trade partner? He's there. He wants to accrue time, obviously, to help towards free agency. But he's also maybe he's just like, how you feeling, Jonathan? I don't know. I'm feeling a twinge still. Yeah, ooh, my arm. Ankle's a little tender. Yeah, right. I don't know. I, he's again, such I'm a not, I don't want to accuse anyone a... of anything, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, you I know. see a scenario where he's not rushing to get out on the field to play for a Colts team that, might struggle this year. I'm I'm with you. I just don't know um, how that's going to play out. I I'd be terribly concerned if my draft was right now. That's why in the the so-called draft in my life that I want to win more than any other. We 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 draft on opening night. We draft during the opening night game and just have some sort of a rule that uh, 
you know, just because somebody just scored a touchdown in the fourth first quarter of the middle of our draft, we're not just going to draft that guy. You know, like that's the right. way we, we wait till the last possible second because there's too much up in the air. I've got Matthew Berry, the host of Fantasy Football Happy Hour on Peacock every noon Eastern and then every NFL Sunday. You can check him out at 11 a.m. Eastern on Peacock for the Fantasy Football pregame. It'll be in Kansas City with the Football Night in America teammates to kick off the season. You can watch all of that right here on Roku. So um, let's jump into the draft strategy. Let's just say um, everybody follows the, the concept of running backs wide receivers, and maybe top-tier tight ends like Kelsey uh, all day long and hold out like Braveheart for that quarterback. You know, don't don't take Mahomes or, or Hurts or Allen or even Justin Fields too soon. Just keep on drafting running backs and wide receivers. Let's just say that's the strategy. And then you got guys that like Geno, Goff, even Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Sam Howell, the rookies – uh, Kenny Pickett, uh, maybe even Deshaun Watson sitting out there. Which quarterback, even with Tua maybe, do you trust? Who do you hold out for and go for? Jimmy G, that's the type of guy that I'm talking about. Who do you say okay. that's the guy that can win your fantasy league with? So if you're saying like, I mean, I'll tell you like, so it depends on sort of where you're where you're at. Like, I mean, outside of the, the big, big names, like, so I love Trevor Lawrence this year, but I haven't well, quarterback eight. So if you want to go deeper than that, if you want to go deeper, yes. then, uh, we can go deeper than that. I'll give you a couple of guys. So number one is is Anthony Richardson. Again, I, like Anthony Richardson, wide range of outcomes for him, and so you might want to, if, if you know, he's a better play in a one quarterback league where it's going to be easier to replace him. But the upside on Anthony Richardson is just is so massive. You think about Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson's rookie year, both of whom still need to develop as passers, and each of those guys in their rookie year were top nine fantasy quarterbacks on a points-per-game basis. And so I think Richardson has that upside. Now, they need to design some runs for him, but Shane Steichen, Jalen Hurts under Shane Steichen, was a top-two fantasy quarterback in, in you know, both years that they played together on a points-per-game basis. So massive upside with, with Anthony Richardson. And by the way, if the Jonathan Taylor thing plays out in a negative way and we don't see Taylor on the field for the Colts for one reason or another, Effectively, you would think Anthony Richardson becomes their goal line back. Um, mm. But uh, I'll give you one. I'll give you one other guy, yes, which sir. is how about Jared Goff? I mean, you know, I mean, like you know, friend of the friend of the show, um, <laughs> uh, friend of the show, Jared Goff. But I mean, the the thing about um, the uh, the thing about uh, Jared Goff is like he is really really good when he plays indoors, right? Like last year when he when he played um, at home, just to give you an example. Yes, sir. Twenty-one fantasy points per game, two hundred and seventy-four yards per game. He was nothing short of fantastic. Well, seven of his final eight games this year, fantasy playoff time, are in a dome. He's got a December thirtieth game at Dallas, which is a retractable roof, but it's December thirtieth, they're probably. Be, it's going to be, you know, he's going to be in a dome for seven of his final eight games. This is a guy who last year was top five in touchdown passes, top five in completion rate on deep passes, had six different games with 20 or more fantasy points that was tied for the fifth most among quarterbacks. And he's going like his QB like 14 or 15. And and so I think having Ben Johnson back as his offensive coordinator um, and having that offensive line, I mean, I think one thing that's really underrated about Detroit is that's one of the best offensive lines in football. It's a really good offensive line. And when Jared Goff has time, he's really good. 
He's really good. So I, I think uh, I think Goff is a very underrated fantasy option this year. Uh, I'm stroking my beard. Mm. You can't see. Chris Brockman stroking his beard. He doesn't have one. So that's a fascinating stat. So then give me the quarterback, even in a PPR league, that you would take over a wide receiver too or a running back that can catch out of the backfield where you're just like, this, this quarterback is too damn two-way of a threat for me to let sit on the board and keep on amassing wide receivers and running backs. Would you pull the trigger I think on that? I, for, for me, it's the big four. So it is uh, it's Jalen Hurts, it's Josh Allen, it's Patrick Mahomes, and it's Lamar Jackson. Those are the four. I think Herbert has a big year, um, uh, and I think you know Justin Fields, obviously, tremendous upside there as well. But those four, and Burrow, of course, obviously Joe Burrow. Can't forget Joe Burrow. I have Joe Burrow at five. Mm-hmm. Um, you uh, take sorry, those. You take those guys over a wide receiver two, or maybe even a, a borderline wide receiver one, or, or right? You, you it all do depends, that. It all depends on sort of how your draft board falls. I don't like to go into a draft saying like I've got to do this in my first two rounds. I'm definitely going running back, running back, or I'm going. You know, I'm definitely getting a tight end by round three. Or, yes. You know, I'm definitely waiting on a quarterback until round eight. Or right. what? I don't like to go in with any of those rules. I just I. I have my ranks, and I sort of, I'm a big best player available. Let the draft fall to you. Mm-hmm. I, I was in a draft the other day, and I didn't expect to go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, but that's how it started because I got Tyreek Hill, and then CeeDee Lamb fell to me in the third. I'm sorry, CeeDee Lamb fell to me in the second, and Devontae Adams was there in the third. I'm Who like, the, oh, okay, what well, the heck? What? Devontae Adams yeah. in the third? Who are you? Yeah. I was, I, was on the, I was on the pick, and it's a, uh, it's kind of, the scoring is a little bit weird. I was yeah. a, third on the on the uh but yeah i mean it was so a three-team league and it's like you're like no, kramer in the in the dojo with the no, children what is that come no, on for whatever reason for whatever reason adams just fell and so um wow. 12-team league too it's a, it was a super flex league and so anyway but okay. um so uh so i actually think i started mahomes and then uh hill lamb adams and so it was mm. just but the point is is like it just Okay. You never know, right? It's like my point is, is like just for whatever reason, that league just people just don't like Devontae Adams. They're worried about Garoppolo. It was an early draft. Maybe the Garoppolo injury had come out all and right. Adams had a toe thing or whatever. But, like, you know what I mean? That's all I'm saying is, is to let the draft come to you. So okay. I wouldn't go in and say I definitely would take a quarterback over this or this. But if, if you're asking me who are quarterbacks that are worth reaching for, that if you want to go elite, those four. Okay. I think the big three plus – Lamar Jackson in a Todd Munkin offense, he's gotten paid with, you know, with Beckham and Bateman back and Zay Flowers. We saw him last night. He looked great. Obviously, Mark Andrews is such a superstar. So I think that's going to be a really, really exciting offense to watch. All right. I've got time for one last question. Chris, you want to you ask it? I'll give it yeah, to you. Yeah, Matthew, how early is too early to take Bijan Robinson, like, say, third overall? Yeah, I mean, I have him lower. Than the, I have him as a first-rounder. He's absolutely a first-rounder. But this is my advice to you and to everyone. Is like I, get, I get versions of this question all the time. Like, I, I have a third pick, and I really want B. John Robinson, but I know you have him at, you know, eight. Is that too early? And the fact is, is like, listen, if you want B. John, take him. he's not coming back. He ain't. No. Get him. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, take the guy. It's your team. It's your guys. We play this for fun. And the truth is, is that the minute the, the games start, all the rankings are out the window anyway. Yeah, so, I, like you're not losing your league because you drafted Bijan Robinson at three instead of eight or whatever. Draft yeah. Bijan Robinson; he's going to be awesome. He's going to be awesome this year. Yeah, I know. If that's I, the guy you, you want go get him. I have a third overall pick too, and I know why you're asking that, Chris. And I, 
are, are you're not you're not afraid of Jamar Chase getting Trevor Simeon thrown to him for a couple of weeks? You're not afraid of that? Like that's not concerning to you? At Me? all? Yeah. No. Okay. Jamar Chase. No, I ride I, or die. I, I think I could throw to Jamar Chase. We got we, we Jamar Chase. He's amazing. Jamar Chase, by the way, you know, Jamar Chase, by the way, a proud investor of, of uh, FantasyLife.com. Ah. Fantasy Life, my news, you know. Your newsletter. My, uh, startup, so i got to give a shout-out to my, uh, my su- investor, Jamar Chase. And it says here, a successful daily newsletter. So kudos to your uh, copywriters. Um, your founder of Fantasy Life, your daily newsletter. Um, I look forward to seeing you on NBC all season long. Um, congrats on everything going on with you, man. Congrats on everything. Thank you, my friend. It's always a pleasure. It's been great here at NBC. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do the uh, the, the the noon Peacock time slot <laughs> proud. Doing You're doing great. Carry on the tradition, and uh, you know, listen. You have myself. Yep. So uh, you know, Rich, text me if I can be of help. I will do that. Look for look for look for that text uh, on opening night. You might be on the yeah. air, and I'll be like, hey man, I'm on the clock. But you're a multi there you're you multitasker. Thanks for the time. You be well, Matthew. Thanks, guys. Matthew Barry, everybody. At Matthew Barry, TMR. Talented Mr. Roto. Talented Mr. Roto from way back in the day. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial right here on the show. Don't go anywhere. Hour number three coming up with a fun conversation on what happened with Washington last night. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung. And that means spring cleaning. Or at least... The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. They put a lot of stuff in the show that's kind of true to life. Right. So, like, they have Mafi as a 49er fan. I had that 49er mouth guard. And then you see it in the boxing episode I have. Right. Because you've got to be out of your mind right now, right? I mean, this is real. This is real. I can't believe it. The whole business of, like, are they real? Are they for real? They are. They're absolutely for real. I've been very lucky because um, one of my childhood friends who I grew up with, um, is the run game coordinator for the 49ers, Michael McDaniel. 
and he's been a part of Kyle. He's worked with Kyle in Atlanta and in Washington. And, and it's not just any run game here. This is a serious, like, man, this, we're going to hit you in the mouth, this is what we do type run game. It just fills me with joy because Mike and I will talk, and he'll call me, and, and I'll. we went to a game last year. My friend Chad and I went to the 49ers-Lions game. And Mike called us as we're driving to the game. And he's like, do you guys want to know what the first play of the game is? <laughs> and I was like, 100%. I mean, and, nice he goes, flex. and I love this. He goes, he goes, if the Lions flex left and they put seven in the box, it's a, a right side gash to Brita. And Brita took it 65 yards. Watch that Watch that game back. It was the first play of the Lions-Niners game. Wow. And he and we're in the stands. That is a flex. We're, we're, in, we're going like this, grabbing each other. We're like, this is the play he said. And you're watching Brita just go. So it's been not only are the 49ers my favorite team of all time, my favorite sports franchise, mm-hmm. but having like a friend like that that I know and just kind of, you know, I've met Kyle several times and we are at Mike's wedding together. And it was like that kind of thing where it like, Man, come on. And two years later, McDaniel became head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Dan Soder is going to join us in studio for the first time since that 2019 appearance uh, in the third hour. Do we get him to call McDaniel live on the air? Do we just say, hey, just give him a call, see if he answers? Yes. Okay. FaceTime. <laughs> FaceTime. FaceTime? Okay. FaceTime. Sounds good. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Gene in Florida will take your phone call. What's up, Gene? Hey, how you doing, Rick? Hey, how are you uh, doing, Gene? Just wanted to tell you, I did watch that game. That's not why I called, but I watched that game last night as a Baltimore fan. Uh, I was sad to see that record go, but in a way, I'm happy because it seemed to get a little too competitive at the end there. But <laughs> it's, it's like, fun. It's fun. I, I kind of dug was, the juices there. It seemed like a real game to me at the end of it. It I did. Mean, it did. And I kind of dug that the juice, you know, and, and there was some competitive edge to what normally might be just – hey, we're out here for reps, and obviously guys are winning jobs or trying to prove themselves. And, and it didn't seem like that at all last night, though, did it? I had no problem with the Washington team running down the field with a football with one second to go because the game had been decided and it was over. Some of these guys might be turning in their uniforms in two weeks, and, and that photograph that they have of running down FedEx field with fans cheering might be on their walls for the rest of their lives. Like, I don't mind that at all. It was. I, I thought that was fun. It was fun. I did watching that. Talk about Jonathan Taylor, but that was a great game, and and Hal was he looked he looked really good. I that, mean, as a Baltimore, I like Washington too, but I'm a Baltimore fan. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the Jonathan Taylor thing, and you kind of uh, I have a question to educate me a little bit. Okay. And you and you uh, went with a little Mar Jackson kind of a comparison. Well. Lamar was franchise tagged, so didn't that make him like a free agent? Did they would would Baltimore have been able to ask for like uh, draft picks? Oh yes, let him go they, to a- yes, two ones, and that was again the reason why I keep comparing this to Lamar oh, more okay, than yeah. anyone else is because there is a compensation for the team aspect to it um, okay, that is going to lose the player, and 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 thanks to the call, Gene, we're up at the end of the hour, and then there's also an aspect to it of the player wanting to set a market for himself and for the position. And that is why I think many teams shied away from Lamar Jackson is because it would have cost them two ones and 200 million bucks. And the Falcons are like, okay, 
we could we drafted Desmond Ritter. We had him in our program. We like him. We like him a lot. We think he can be really good. And we think the rest of the team can grow together young. And we don't need to just bust that all up for a guy that's going to set the market at a level at the quarterback position that we're not up for spending because we've got a guy on his first contract. He's a second-round pick. We don't have a fifth year on it, so we got to see now what's up with him. And you could sit here and go, well, that's Lamar Jackson. Okay, well, you're now resetting your entire plan after you finally just got Matt Ryan off your cap. And on top of it, you might lose the next two first-round draft choices. Instead, they stuck with Desmond Ritter and they got Bijan Robinson this year. And they have their one next year. Let's see how that plays out. That's the decision they decided to make. And that's what's going on right now with Jonathan Taylor. Do you want to pay all that money this late in the game? Do you want to send the compensation for next year's draft? And there's a third aspect to it. A lot of folks didn't want to negotiate with Lamar because they figured they were just trying to solve the Rubik's Cube for the Ravens with their negotiation with Lamar that the Ravens couldn't figure out on their own. So why negotiate with Lamar only to just show the Ravens this is the deal Lamar will take and they just match it? You know, that may be the case right now with Jonathan Taylor because the Colts will just say, all right, we'll give you that deal. And you just upset your running back ruin and anything else right now. And that's what's kind of playing out. So I feel like the offseason, if this still is that, is ending the way that it began. And if the Colts are lucky, Jonathan Taylor will be back because they could really use him, just like Lamar is in Baltimore. Hour three coming up. So, yeah, it's kind of really similar to that. I feel like Jonathan Taylor is a stay away in fantasy and in real life. Not real life, man. Dude, I I think he's healthy. I wouldn't trade for him. If I'm Miami, that's kind of intriguing. It's really intriguing. You heard Breer said Devin A. Chain is the guy who was causing them supposedly to, to not jump in Dalvin Cook's direction in the manner that the Jets did. And he's not healthy right now. you got to sit here and go, okay, Jets are doing what they've done. Patriots have done what they've done. The Bills are who they are. And they've done what they've done. And we've done what we've done. But man, Jonathan Taylor right now? You know what Jonathan Taylor would love to go? There. <laughs> oh, yeah. Would you trade your first-round pick for him? No. If you're Miami? No. But if you if Marshall Falk once got two and a five, would you want to send a two and a five for Jonathan Taylor? That's not going to get If the you deal want to fit deal. him into your cap? That's not going to get the deal done. I don't know. Maybe for, it will. For Indy. And you just tell Indianapolis. It's just like, hey, since when did you become so discerning? You took Carson friggin' Wentz. <laughs> That's not the way to make a deal, I understand. (laughs) 
I'll workshop that one. Thank you. <laughs> Hour three coming up. <laughs>